Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey Postables, you're listening to Deliver Me a Podcast, brought to you by Casey, Jess, and Cami. A special thanks to James Jandrish for letting us use the music on our show. Now, grab some Yahoo or a kombucha, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Deliver Me a Podcast. Today we are recapping the next installment of Science Hill Delivered from the Heart. And with me today, I have Casey. Hello, everybody. And of course, Cammie. Hello. Oh, there we go. (laughs) From the heart. Heart beating for all of you postables. Yes. And what an appropriate symbol, because as the title suggests, this is all about the heart and all about love. So this, this movie like jumps around a ton. So I just divided it into three segments. So first, we're going to recap the Norman Rita storyline, and the historical Valentine will go with that. Then we'll do the letter story. And then lastly, of course, we'll do the big Shade and Oliver story. Okay, Jess, since this is from the heart, may I please just first put in the when calls the heart (laughs) connections? (laughs) Well, certainly. Thank you. We've got young Maddie played by Mackenzie Cardwell, and she played Lucy Benson in season three, who Bill saves from the flood, and her father was one of Bill's best friends. And then um, Governor Ryan is played by Aaron Craven, and he played a man named Elliot Garvey, who tried to kidnap Rosemary in season two, and Jack saved the day. (laughs) All right. So there is your when calls the heart connection for this episode. And all right, so let's dive right in. So the uh, movie starts out um, a little differently than the others because we have a very historical uh, letter writing scene going on. And all we know, it has to do with St. Valentine's Day, 1835. And that's all we get into the glimpse of this historical Valentine that will come back into play later. I knew it was Abe Lincoln. Did you? How did you know, Daisy? I picked it because 1835, and when I looked, the guy looked like Abe Lincoln. I was like, this Mm. looks a lot like Abe Lincoln. Whoa. I know. I was a history minor. I was a history minor. Makes a little more (laughs) sense. Okay, okay. History minor. History minor. I don't know. History. (laughs) I did not pick up on the Anne Rutledge Mm storyline, but um, I definitely had that inkling about um, Abe Lincoln, and I did know he was a postmaster general too. Okay, so that helps. Yeah, that also helped. I was, and when that came to fruition, I was like, I was right. I was totally (laughs) not off. This is so amazing because I'm usually wrong. Yeah, I want to know just how accurate this story is. I wanted to look up Ann Rutledge, but I didn't get a chance. And I just, I wonder how true this story is. Mm-hmm. You know, how mm-hmm. much is fiction based and how much is reality based? I want to say that the letter part is fiction based. Mm-hmm. But like, like the concept behind them is. concept behind yeah. them is true, I think. Mm-hmm. So. I would think that the letter would be fiction because mm-hmm. if there's so little known about her, mm-hmm. then, you know, something like that would be on display in the Smithsonian, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. <laughs> or be in the Postal Museum in D.C. Yeah, absolutely. Which I didn't get to go to when I was at D.C. because it closed so early. I'm still mad about that. But anyway. Wow. That's, that's a different story. But let's get back to <laughs> this story. This story. <laughs> so we have this little brief uh, thing about the historic Valentine. And then we get right into uh, Valentine's Day at the, uh, with the Postables. And I think it's the day before Valentine's Day is when it mm-hmm. starts. And yep. Norman has not made his reservations for Valentine's Day dinner. Norman. <laughs> 
Norman. The guy is new at this. This is the, the first relationship probably ever that this man has had. Mm-hmm. And, but in his mid-30s, you know, I mean, that poor guy, you know? Yeah, <laughs> poor guy. But it doesn't even matter because it turns out that Rita has some exciting news that uh, oh. she was the fourth runner-up for Miss Special Delivery. But um, a million other things happened to the actual winner and the three other runner-ups that Rita is now Miss Special Delivery and will have to leave by plane that night. So no Valentine's Day for Rita and Norman. And no fancy taco trucks. <laughs> no, no fancy taco fancy trucks. Taco trucks. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Is there such a thing as a fancy taco truck? No. <laughs> <laughs> It was a beautiful line. Yes. Yeah, so funny. And I don't know if you were going to bring this up, but fun fact, Crystal Lowe is pregnant in this movie. Oh! She was I always eight forget months that. pregnant. Eight months? She was eight months. That's what she said on Twitter. No. Oh, no. Oh, that no. is a downright lie. She <laughs> said that they were so afraid that she was just going to give birth right there behind me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I know. Didn't she look amazing? You were behind Jess. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess it makes sense. She's Mm -hmm. got the signs. Mm -hmm. She had that gigantic teddy bear. She, yeah, that she's holding the teddy bear. And then she's got the, and then she's got the, uh, the box that she asks Norman to, Mm -hmm. to take back to certified return. So yeah, I mean, I mm-hmm. guess, and then she's at the table in the mm-hmm. press conference. Yeah. I yep. guess it makes sense, but. Yes. And she that, wore a lot of patterns, patterns yeah, over patterns. Yeah. And all, mm-hmm. when they she shot was sitting her, at, She mm-hmm. was sitting at the desk when she oh, got right. the the, yeah. uh, the phone call, mm-hmm. when she got the phone call about Miss Special Delivery. So, yeah, yeah I guess, but that woman's a stick. I mean, <laughs> I would kill to look that good when I was eight months pregnant. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my word! Yes. So well done, uh, Martha and the whole team, because they hit that well. And Hallmark does not always hide it well. And that no, was, yeah. I never guessed until I learned it later. I never guessed just from watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. man. Good job, Crystal. Good job, costume department. Good job, <laughs> props department. <laughs> anyway, so yes, yeah, so Rita is now Miss Special Delivery and is on her way to postal fame. Um, but before that, before she leaves, she and Norman go to visit Serge at the Mailbox Grill. He has something he wants to give to them. And it turns out to be a cigar box full of all these like old Valentines that he came across. I don't know if it was like at the pawn shop or, or whatever, how he got them. Yeah, they um, were at the pawn shop, but they're all vintage and antiques and beautifully preserved. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But because of Rita's newfound fame, she, um, and as she and Norman are sitting there, someone comes up and snaps a little photo of them right as they're kissing, of course. Why not? <laughs> Uh, that's so awkward and tacky like why would you do that to some strangers ew like well no they i mean i don't think that they're strangers because she had on a postal mm -hmm. uniform but the post office is a big place you know who's to say that they even know each other at Mm -hmm. work right right Mm -hmm. you know but yeah she had on a postal uniform but yeah, who knows? It still really. don't matter. Still strangers. It's yeah. still weird. It's yeah. weird. So Serge gives them the Valentines, and he is holding up a bunch of signs to communicate, because apparently he's taken a vow of silence and a vow of poverty, because he's <laughs> joining a monastic order, but then he subsequently breaks his vow of silence, like, a minute later, so... <laughs> <laughs> who knows how serious Serge is about this okay and the other thing is he said if you're ever in Minnesota look me up why did he not have a card for that you know I mean he, he knew that he was going to say goodbye <laughs> he had a card for uh oh but he didn't have a card for look me up <laughs> anybody's guess <laughs> uh, Serge she just didn't think of Minnesota <laughs> surge yes 
so yes, they have all these nice Valentines, these vintage Valentines. And then I believe Serge leaves and uh, Rita and Norman go to kiss again. But this time Rita picks up one of the vintage Valentines to shield her face um, from the paparazzi, the postal paparazzi. Didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> and so she holds up the vintage Valentine and on it, we see that it's addressed to the postmaster in New Salem, Illinois. 1835. So this is the the Valentines from the beginning of the story. And we later learn that the return address has AR on it for Anne Rutledge. And so putting all the pieces together, Casey, historian, who is this letter to and for? It's for our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. Come on down. <laughs> Yes, it is for Abe Lincoln from Anne Rutledge. And I, did it say in there that they were engaged? Did they say that in the episode? There is speculation, speculation. that they were engaged. Yes. yes. Okay, so there was speculation they're engaged. Um, but unfortunately, we learned, I don't know if we learned it here later, but she died of typhoid. So obviously, mm -hmm. Abe lost his, his long lost love, I guess, mm -hmm. um, which is really sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sad. And that's all we get on that until basically the end. Um, because after Rita leaves for her, you know, journey to, is she going to DC? Is that where she goes? I think so. DC uh -huh, for the so. yeah. special delivery, whatever. Um, and Shane gets an alert on her phone about Rita and Rita's doing this like press conference because apparently there are press conferences for the Miss Special Delivery pageant. It's a really big deal, guys. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> and uh, in the press conference, she denies that the person she was kissing in the, the paparazzi photo, aka Norman, is she denies that he's her boyfriend. And Norman is so crushed. Oh. oh, okay, okay. I I want to talk about this for a second, if we may. What what is your opinion, you guys? What is your opinion on Rita? doing that was she right or was she wrong i i want to have this discussion oh gosh uh, <laughs> if, if, uh, i'm sorry jess i didn't mean to <laughs> no it's fine i don't i guess i don't really have an opinion because i i get it one way like i mean well okay it's a it's a special delivery it's not like she's president of the united states so she's yeah, not it, even a hollywood actor right you know? it's like mm -hmm. you know does it really matter that the postal world knows about Norman when they, if they know them, would know anyway. Yeah, but I also kind of get wanting to maintain your privacy and not um, have everybody know about you. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I'm in the middle. I don't really have uh, an opinion. I agree with Jess. Um, however, I would definitely side more with Norman um, because, like, she's not a big name person. And she's not a, you know, she's not like, it's not like she's, you know, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt or you know, anything <laughs> crazy like that. Um, I, I think that she just reacted out of fear for sure. Like, I think she just freaked out because she wasn't expecting it and it just flew out of her mouth and like, you know, was she right? I don't, I don't know. I, I would definitely lean more. I would, I would side more with Norman. Like yeah. I would be crushed if, if it were me as the respondent i would be crushed i would be like you no no sir like <laughs> how, or just say no comment like, like not even yeah. like just just deflect the question i guess yeah but well, um, and his his face when the reporter asks do you have any comment on that uh, on that tweet of you kissing your boyfriend and all three of the postables right there like Oh, I mean, even Norman is like, well, yeah, they got a picture. And like, oh, I don't have a boyfriend. And then just, it, it just, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. I agree with you guys that, yeah, she wants to maintain privacy and she probably reacted and she, and she just felt herself painted into a corner and wanted out. But on the other hand, you know, to make a statement like that really does, mm -hmm. really does imply that she doesn't think that they're forever. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, they knew each other for four years yeah. before they even declared any kind of feelings for each other and started dating. So, you know, and we know by this point that they, we know that they're mm-hmm. forever. Now mm-hmm. going through it, yeah, they don't know. Mm-hmm. But still, for for her to doubt them like that, especially somebody as loyal as Norman, and if she feels as strongly about him mm-hmm. as she says she mm-hmm. does, I mean, if she felt strongly enough to deflect Ramon's advances, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Charmer himself, then I... I don't think that was necessary for poor Norman to go through. (laughs) And we see him like we've never seen him before when they're at the Palace Hotel. He's (gasps) ripping the heart off the bear. He's going mad on that bear. That's public property. I mean, when you think about it, he could get thrown out of the hotel. He could get fined. And he's just destroying the decor. And just the look on his face. We have never mm. seen a look of rage. This is a new Norman. <laughs> this is a definitely new Norman. Did you guys find it so odd that Shane is reading the letter and Oliver is holding the bear? <laughs> Oliver's holding the bear. And he, he's not cuddling it by any means. But he's just, he positions it on his lap and he's holding the bear. <laughs> Like, oh, and protect it. Protect that bear. Protect the bear. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. About to turn into the wrong postal detective. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Lifetime. There's your next pitch. <laughs> but yeah, so him and Rita talk on the phone, and he's very upset. And Rita, what you know, is trying to like say, like, well, I, you know, didn't want it to be like in the public, and we're not somebody's hashtag. Yeah, sure, no, Rita, you are someone's hashtag. You're ours, but anyway, <laughs> no, Rita, <laughs> we love you being our hashtag. I know. Did you oh did you guys notice two two things I noticed about this scene? Number one, did you notice the row of pictures? that Norman was looking at. There was a row of about seven pictures of Rita and maybe one of the two of them together. Mm -hmm. And he turns away from it to, uh, to face the camera to talk, but he's got this little shrine to her. I know. It just just makes it all the sadder. And then she's in this hotel Mm -hmm. room. And did you notice how surrounded by Valentine Mm -hmm. gifts she is? Just like okay, yeah. I know those aren't all from Norman. I know that there were maybe a couple that were from Norman, but who are all of these Valentine gifts from? You know, I mean, is this the a, a, a postal USPS courtesy because she's Miss Special Delivery, or or are they fan gifts? Are they admi- secret admirer gifts? You know that oh. it just. Yeah, it makes you it makes you wonder where did all these presents come from? And then you got poor, sweet little lonely Norman with his bank of pictures of Rita, who is who is at the present giving him the shoulder. You know, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. So I totally thought that all of those things were from Norman. Oh, you did. <laughs> But it totally makes sense that they would not all be from Norman. Because when I was watching, I was like, oh, wow. I mean, this makes sense. He spends all this money on her. I guess it maybe doesn't make sense because he didn't book a reservation. <laughs> but yeah, I I would guess uh, probably fan and work and chain and a few. Maybe that big bear was from Norman. Repurposed. Hmm. <laughs> bear that's t- why he was so upset at the other bear because he'd given her one. <laughs> oh, connection (laughs) but he's so upset and he consoles i think he like consoles himself by he finally reads the historic valentine Mm -hmm. yeah that's Um, when he opens it for the first time and is that the night he spends the night at the yellow is it the same night yeah yeah that's and he's like cuddling the picture of rita i know as he sleeps when shane walks in the next morning 
Poor Norman. Poor thing. Oh, how can anybody hurt poor Norman? No. Yes. But Oliver reminds him that he can forsake his morning ablutions, so he needs to go wash his face. <laughs> I had to look that word up. I have never heard that word in my life until- Yeah, you tell us what it means, because that was going to be a trivia question. So what does oh! ablution mean? It is- a ceremony of washing oneself and it's usually used as a uh, humor it, it's used it's usually referred to humorously mm-hmm. so uh, so and oliver meant nothing humorous about it <laughs> <laughs> a gentleman must never forsake his morning ablutions you know? <laughs> like, what the heck is that <laughs> word i need to look that word up i yes. love that word I, I love that oh. word now. I use it all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because it, it's such a fun word. Ablusions. Like, who says that? Nobody. Except all for all of our- <laughs> Yes. Nobody outside of 1960? I don't know. <laughs> I'd go even further, but... 1940. I don't want to insult Oliver. <laughs> like, He's an old soul. Yeah, he's an old soul. <laughs> I don't want to call him a human antique. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so so Norman gets cleaned up. And then, I don't remember if it's that same day, but at the end of the movie, um, he goes back to the DLO, and I think it's like nighttime. Mm -hmm. And Rita is there waiting for him, holding up this little signs, just like Serge did. It's the the night after Valentine's. The night after Valentine's. which is that same day which is the same day that he that he wakes up in the DLO mm-hmm. it's that okay. night yeah yeah so yeah she's holding up the signs to say that she is sorry and um I'm trying to remember what do you guys remember what the other one said so it um there was one that said I'm sorry mm-hmm. there was one that said I couldn't wait until Monday and there was one that said I took the first flight back mm-hmm. that's so, right I think those are all three of them. I think so. And I know, I think, I don't think it was a sign, but she told him that she would always carry him with her. That was not a sign. She that was said what that. she said. And then they kind of make up and he tells her, I want you on my raft, which is a reference to uh, an analogy that Oliver started earlier in the movie, which is very sweet. She doesn't have a clue what he's talking about, but it's really <laughs> sweet yeah. for us. Very sweet. Very sweet. And um, to round out the other story, um, the, the movie actually ends with and uh, Anne Rutledge kind of closing her letter to Abe. Mm-hmm. And that brings that full circle too. There's there's um, one line, there's one line in there that I never really paid attention to, except this time through this that happens a lot have you guys mm-hmm. noticed that with us yeah we we notice things when we when we have when we're watching them for recapping we notice mm-hmm. a lot more than when we're just watching tears may come at night but there is always joy in the morning i almost yes. started crying right there <laughs> just i mean because how how true is that i mean casey Mm-hmm. With uh, with Anne of Green Gables, tomorrow is always fresh with no, with mistakes, no mistakes in, in it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, how many times have we as women, we as moms, we as daughters, sisters, what have you? How many mm-hmm. times have we cried at night and then in the morning get up? go on with our day and Mm -hmm. make something happen. And if we can make what we were crying about, right. You know, it's, (laughs) yeah, it's actually a very profound point in a tiny little, in a tiny little sentence, but Mm -hmm. there's Martha for you. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's actually in Psalms or Ecclesiastes. Yeah. I was saying it sounds like a verse, a Bible verse or like a, like a song. Uh, Psalm 30, verse 5. We can, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There you go. Wow. And, but, I mean, for her, to take, for her to take that scripture and turn it into mm-hmm. our language. Yeah. You know, for, uh, for it to be more, not more recognizable, but maybe more attainable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's, 
It's a beautiful concept. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. All right. So that wraps up Norita, our favorite hashtag. And now we move on to the letter story. This dead letter comes from the terminal annex and it got there because of a mailbox explosion. Mm-hmm. And we see all Ooh, one that haunts Mr. Oliver. Oliver's <laughs> very flustered, but we don't know why yet. Okay, so can I just pause right here? Yes. You guys oh, are going to be like, you are so weird. Oh, dear. Um, oh, dear. So when, I saw this, I know. So when, I, when I watched this, remember, I watched this out of order. So this was one of the first ones that I saw after watching the, the series, the episodic series. Okay, okay. And so I was not fully aware of the whole Oliver, like all the characters, like their, their storylines. Um, so I totally thought that Ryan was Oliver. <laughs> and that he <laughs> oh my word <laughs> that's a plot a... twist <laughs> i know because, excuse like... me officer where do i turn myself in <laughs> yes. i really thought that was oliver and you know i love the hallmark movie mysteries so like i always go there first especially like early on i was not aware <laughs> i mean oh, i'm a new fan i wasn't real sure about like how deep i know how intense they go especially after dark of night and some of the other topics they touched on in the episodes so i thought that we had some kind of secret story about oliver getting arrested as a teenager <laughs> now there's a fan fiction story that is a fan fiction story to write Absolutely. especially when like it pans from that and then like we see him and like at his desk and then he gets flustered with the with the letter and stuff and i'm like oh my goodness we are about to get something juicy and then, <laughs> figured Not out quite as juicy as Casey thought. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is signed still delivered uh not aurora tea garden so uh yeah anyways i thought that was oh. for y'all yes <laughs> that is very hysterical <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness yes so as Casey mentioned, we, we meet a boy who turns himself into the police, and this incident happened 15 years earlier. And mm-hmm. um, we learn that these young, I think, high schoolers, Maddie and Ryan, met mm-hmm. uh, doing debate, and they are very, very opposite. Mm-hmm. And Maddie's, very, very competitive. <laughs> yes, yes, and very competitive. Maddie's the facts girl, and Ryan's kind of like the showman, like he... He's got to put a little bravado into it all. <laughs> storytelling. What does she call it? Folksy storytelling? Yes. <laughs> Folksy storytelling. Yep. And what starts off as kind of like competitiveness turns into a friendship. And she kind of helps him learn how to use facts and statistics. And he teaches her how to smile <laughs> during her debates. <laughs> Sorry, really quick. I just have to tell you how powerful a little thing like that, put it, uh, just putting, just slipping in a note card mm-hmm. in her notes. Yeah. <laughs> that is the sweetest thing ever. I was in a play. Uh, I did it for, I did it for a church project and I produced and my mom and I co-directed and I was in it. It was it, it was a very, very big undertaking. And, um, and we would have little note cards float down, uh, little note cards float down on the, uh, f- uh, from, from the ceiling. They were messages to us that I would p- pick them up and I would write little notes to myself to remind me to smile or to remind me to do stuff like that. And I mean, that is, incredibly powerful mm-hmm. and then later on in college I was in comedy of errors and I played the I played the duchess and uh and the guy that played my servant we kind of had a backstory that uh the duchess and the servant were in love but obviously station wise couldn't do anything about it and so at one point he brings me a platter that has a note on it and I unroll it <laughs> And every single night, he wrote something different. <laughs> he was trying to make me crack, and he was trying to make me break character. One time, because he hands me a goblet that's supposed to be wine, and I take a drink, and then I read the note. Mm-hmm. And one day I unroll it, and he said, I poisoned the wine. <laughs> <laughs> I was lost. 
missed it right then and there, but I bit my tongue and I made it through. But I'm telling you, just little things like putting a note in, it's mm -hmm. so it's so effective mm -hmm. and it just is so thoughtful to show that you're thinking of somebody. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. It yeah. is. It's so adorable. And yeah. then you see him just kind of cross his arms <laughs> against the door. You know, it's just, he's so cute. He's so cute. They are adorable. <laughs> <laughs> they are adorable. Except we learn that Ryan has a bit of a secret from Oliver reading the letter. He says, I never meant to hurt you, and I never meant to kill anyone. So we have this, this incident we don't know about yet, but we're already kind of preparing for tragedy. So, mm -hmm. And I love, I love the fact that Oliver went back to the DLO, and it was like he couldn't finish the letter mm -hmm. without Shane. Right. He, went, he went back, and he said, yeah. please read right, this. She's the one who reads it out loud for us, yeah. Can we talk about that really fast? I love that scene really fast. Like when she's going on about yes. like all the facts about high school debate club and Oliver standing there dumbfounded for once without <laughs> any, he, he can't say anything. And she's like, oh, I debated in high school. And she's like, that's amazing. Yeah, astonishing. <laughs> yes. astonishing. I love, I love how he says it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> classic one of those classic moments when she can render oliver o'toole speechless and <laughs> it was almost the fact of like everything everything from the beginning of their relationship starting at the coffee cart everything just made sense like of course she has convinced me to do all these other things against <laughs> my own will and against my what i know to be right and true because she's a debater and obviously a very and good she one, one. Yes. And she's still winning. And she's still winning. <laughs> so yeah, Shane knows a lot about debating. And um, as they continue reading the letter, we learn about that Maddie and Ryan had a debate on the drinking age, which is a bit of foreshadowing for what is to come. And um, that's when he joins her for rollerblading. And they have this nice little skate mm -hmm. and become, that's when they become friends and use a beautiful musical yes. montage that mm -hmm. musical montage that was the perfect way to show their relationship blossoming yes. and that old song brand new key mm, i love that song mm -hmm. i love that song and i would i remember the first time watching it I'm like oh, that is the perfect song for right here <laughs> yeah <laughs> so their their friendship blossoms into a romantic relationship sort of they almost get there. They kind of get there and then it quickly derails. But um, before we get there, it's this point we, Oliver kind of spills the beans about why he's so unnerved by this letter. And it's because he, being Oliver O'Toole, thinks he is responsible <laughs> for, he feels guilty because being a human being, he uh, did not pick up the mail at exactly the right time because he went to go wait for a certain young police officer who he had a crush on. Who I had a bit of a crush on. <laughs> like, way to don't, slide that in there, Oliver. Don't, don't end a sentence in a preposition. Yeah. <laughs> I had to throw that in. With whom I had a crush. <laughs> <laughs> don't you mean on whom I had a crush? Didn't I say that? Whatever. Lisa with it. But anyway. <laughs> oh. This I'm is not, he's not English I'm class. <laughs> Man, uh, so why he was waiting for his crush, his crush to uh, arrive. For Oliver to have a crush? <laughs> I know. It's so weird. For him to even use the word. I, I know. had a crush. <laughs> I know. Like, I was like. Really? You use that word? You don't use inclination or, <laughs> or admiration or more questions we can go on and like into later but questions okay. about young adolescent Oliver but anyway while he's waiting for his crush this clown car just rolls on by and like of all things I mean really a clown car <laughs> and a helium tank in the back it's knocked over hits some dry ice and boom explosion bye bye mail 
Mm-hmm. Uh. And Oliver feels very responsible for this incident, but it's a nice story point because his quest to get those letters delivered actually led to him to working at the DLO. So it all comes mm-hmm. full circle. Yes. Anyway, so we learn the backstory and then we return and kind of get the last bit of Maddie and Ryan's story, which is that Maddie's friend makes her think that Ryan is just using her to basically get ahead. And so she gets upset. He gets upset. He drinks. He drives. He hits a trash can, or so he thinks. Um, and the next day he wakes up hungover and prepared to debate. Well, not really prepared to debate, but <laughs> he has to debate. It's like the big, it's like the championship, right? It's the championship, it's, yeah. It's the, it's the final. Well, he he doesn't quite make it to the final, but I think it was the, the one step down to the final. Oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cause so. I think it was, I think it was whoever won, whoever won between the two teams would go to the final. Mm-hmm. But you know, Ryan, cause Ryan says, Ryan says in the letter, I won't be able to watch you in the final. Uh, oh, that's that, right. so, so that leads me to believe that it's one step bit, yeah mm-hmm. semi yeah. but either way it was an important one to to be mm-hmm. at and um and right before manny basically said she believed him and that she loved him and like let's meet by our tree afterward which makes this all the more tragic um and then the debate ironically ends up being about homelessness and as manny is debating Ryan has these flashbacks and realizes that he hit a homeless person um, during his drinking and driving episode. Mm-hmm. And he just can't even, he can't even go through with his debate. He's so upset about it, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, he plans to turn himself in, which he details in the letter. But Maddie never gets the letter and basically thinks she gets stood up at the tree. Mm-hmm. so tragic like it's a sad story it is it really is it really is a very tragic story yeah. and you have to what i mean i guess i'm trying to think back to way back in 2002 ish because usually you'd want an it would be all over the paper, but I guess since he was a minor, his name wouldn't have been tied to it. But then he and they were from two different states, so there was yeah. no there would and you know everybody well not everybody had internet back then, and it would be dial up. So I mean there would really <laughs> be no way for her to truly find out what happened mm-hmm. to him. Um, you know, even if she, I mean, I guess she wouldn't have been close enough with his buddy to be like, "What's up with Ryan? Where did oh, he go?" You know. Not especially Mm -hmm. if they were um, because she was from wyoming and they were in colorado so it was like Mm -hmm. a tri-state thing and Mm -hmm. you know it's just so sad to just live your 15 years of not knowing what happened and not realizing that it was actually a true tragedy and he was kind of a hero in a sense for turning himself the right thing Yeah. yeah And I feel like she was really a catalyst and for for him doing the right thing too, because before he was kind of a cocky kid, not gonna lie. Yeah. Like, uh, completely. <laughs> I mean, I remember going to school with some of those kids like that where they were just suave and charming, but they were also just like, well. But um <laughs> smoke and mirrors is what yeah, he says. Smoke and mirrors. And smoke I feel like mirrors. had he not have befriended Maddie and had she not have like befriended him, he would have just been like, Oh, I don't want to ruin my reputation, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the story gets even more tragic because who remembers what the PS on the letter says? Take good, care Take good care of your, your heart. Mm-hmm. So Maddie had the congenital heart defect. And so when they find her, she's actually in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And through their postable digging, they learn she's a reporter. And uh, Ryan is actually a governor. And so they're, well, mostly Shane. The is big- governor of Colorado. Yeah. Yes. And Shane is very conflicted about, like, giving this letter to a reporter when it's about a public official. And, mm-hmm. and Oliver, of course, is by the book. And he's like, no, we're going to deliver this letter. We're going to do what we do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so he's able to see her. And they, they get their closure. And, you know, back to Shane debating whether or not she wanted to, whether they should deliver that letter i mean if she's a reporter she already knows that her ex almost boyfriend friend guy ryan is the governor so if she hadn't already outed him yet and if she hadn't have 
you know dug into his past because she could have because she is a reporter mm-hmm. he she wasn't gonna do it getting that letter i think yeah. in fact if she were in a good state of health i i think it would have it would have been that closure she needed and i really don't think she would have like you know to report it and like talk bad about him i think probably not yeah probably not i mean at least that's what we would like to think yeah um, I just think she could have just a broken done it. heart can do some terrible things. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if she hadn't have done it yet already that uh-huh. we know of, like, why would she do it now? You know, that's a good right. point. That's a good point. Well, I mean, and to be fair, she didn't really know what happened, and yeah, she could have done some serious digging mm-hmm. like Shane did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. you know, it just all depends on what she was able to dig up. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's a it's another it's another bittersweet ending. It is mm-hmm. because you have Anne Rutledge and mm-hmm. Abe who never got together because of her illness, and then you have Ryan and Maddie. And I mean, when you look at it too, how much time was he spending there mm-hmm. at her hospital bedside? I mean, he just stayed there Mm -hmm. until she woke up Mm -hmm. and then he read her the letter and told her the whole story and then he still stayed there later Mm -hmm. i mean who knows how long he just stayed there and a governor is busy he has things to that need to be done and so for him to just plant himself there yeah yeah just oh it's it's beautiful it really is and I kind of got that inkling too that he came at night and he stayed through to the morning, tying back to the the morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> um, with the Anne oh. Rutledge. Good connection, joy. Casey. Thank you. There's Thank always you so joy in the morning. And mm-hmm. what Norman says to him that Anne Rutledge would have wanted Abe Lincoln to do something with his life. And so and to Mm -hmm. move on Mm -hmm. yeah so ryan ryan needs to move on yeah (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) mop (laughs) gotcha (laughs) clean up on aisle clements (laughs) (laughs) oh my oh man yes it's, it's a tragic story, but but they have closure, so that that's good. Mm-hmm. That is good. It that is good. All right, so we're ready to round out with Shane and Oliver. Yes! Okay, let's do Shane and Oliver. <laughs> let's do a little happier note. Okay, so we start with Oliver. Bless his heart. A right? grown man doesn't know how to cut a heart. It's like Oliver, you gotta fold it so fold it's it, even on both sides. <laughs> But it's endearing. It's totally endearing that it's got oh, this lopsided it's- heart. <laughs> okay, I have to ask you guys, since we're the happy side, have you ever sent a Valentine to someone like that? Or in that kind of way? Not as an adult, I don't think. <laughs> or as a teenager. I- adult or teenager. Okay, so yes, I I've done I've done promposals like that kind of thing but i did them a little nicer because <laughs> i knew how to cut a heart <laughs> but yeah i've made valentines i've uh and i've done promposals um where i went to college it was a very big deal to ask somebody to a formal event yes. in a big way mm-hmm. and so whenever it was a sadie hawkins girl ass guy dance i would always do something a little bigger i think uh, and I mean, I got, I got sent on a scavenger hunt once to, to Ooh. get, to wow. get asked to a, to get asked to a, and for Valentine's day, I got sent on a scavenger hunt. My, my friend and I got sent on a scavenger hunt by our boyfriends. Oh, uh, it was very sweet. It That's was fun. very, it was very cute and very sweet. And then, um, my, my boyfriend at the, at the time in, in high school, we asked each other to one another's proms and we both sent booklets that, and just kind of told a story of of asking each other to prom. So yeah, I, I, I've done, 
I've done big stuff like that mm-hmm. before. The, the short answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I have a funny, funny story. Oh Um, no. (laughs) Yeah. So this is, so, okay. So for my husband and I, we started dating and like, we just, we were just each other's Valentine's. Like we did special things for each other, but nothing too, nothing that really stands out. Um, because we were already a thing. Um, however, back in my younger years as a childish junior high student, um, I went to a school that housed, um, elementary, middle school, and high school. And so for Valentine's Day, they always did a, um, I don't want to say it was like a fundraiser, but it was one of those things where you could purchase like a flower and then the people would deliver it to the classroom to that person. Yep, with yep, yep, uh-huh. candy. So when I was in the eighth grade, <laughs> uh, my friends dared me to oh, send <laughs> something to my crush who was a senior <laughs> in high school. <laughs> Eighth to a senior. Oh my word! <laughs> and so I wasn't gonna do it, but they were all tempting me to do it. They were like pressuring me to do it. So, and we you were also made me love you. I didn't want to do it. I did it. I didn't want to do it. Um, we were also um, and let me also say that. The only reason why I continued violin was because he was in the orchestra and because twelfth <laughs> oh grade orchestra. Like, of course I'm gonna be in the orchestra. I don't care if I'm like third chair in the third violin section all the way in the back. But uh homegirl's gonna there. do this because he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so it's literally like 60 seconds till the bell's about to ring for us to go back to class. And I finally waved down a friend who was selling like candy or whatever, bought the box of candy and everyone's surrounding me and my teacher's yelling at us to hurry up and let's go. Um, she also <laughs> knew that I had a crush on this guy too. So she was also a little more patient, but, um, yep. Wait, so teacher I, or friend teacher, Oh, a teacher dear. was also, she was yelling at us to hurry up, but she also knew that I had a crush on this guy. Cause I took <laughs> my little friends and I, we told her everything. She oh knew everything about everybody and who they Aww. liked and all that. She was so sweet. Anyways. Um, so yeah, I sent it off and it got delivered and then I wanted to die. <laughs> <laughs> and so Valentine's day comes and mind you, I'm in eighth grade, y'all. Eighth grade. Um, <laughs> uh, we pass each other in the hallway, and he holds up the box of candy, and he thanks me for it. And I like melted, and he smiled, and I was just. Like, I, I melted in a puddle. It was great, but yeah. yeah, that's the story of my awkward Valentine from my awkward junior high days. Uh, At least I know how to cut a heart. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um. Poor, poor Oliver. <laughs> Bless and then, his heart. And then he makes the mistake of entrusting his letter, his Valentine to Shane, to Hazel. To Have here in my notes. Dang it, Hazel! <laughs> yeah, bless her heart. And for all times for Hazel to not be nosy and not to be in anybody's business, it was then, like, she should have been like, hey, Shane, I've got something here for you. I'm gonna put it in your of work all box. Times, of all times for Hazel to not be nosy. Come on, Hazel. <laughs> Hazel. But, yeah. but instead, she cuts corners and she gives it to Rita, who puts it in the box, who gives the box to Shane, but doesn't tell her it's in the box. And okay, I know that Rita was in a hurry, but it just happened. Who forgets to say she had to get on a plane to, to go to DC and be Miss Special Delivery? She was distracted, Cammy. She was on her way. <laughs> well, she didn't realize there was a Valentine from Oliver in there. <laughs> no, uh, but, but still, she and for photographic no, memory. It, yeah, Hazel puts it in the box and then she walks to Shane's house. I mean, come on. So the Valentine ends up in the box and Shane doesn't look in the box because she doesn't like the box because the box signifies the fact that she is single because it's all the party decorations for the singles party. And Shane gets so salty and cynical in this, uh, in this movie about Valentines and, and all that. 350,000 and not one of them was for me. In, let's see here. She and Oliver were sitting on the steps in their quasi fake date in July. 
<laughs> it's February. A poor girl was probably waiting for something from him. And he... I work at the post office <laughs> delivering every other valentine to women from their boyfriends. I mean, I'm surprised that she wasn't turning into Norman and ripping up the valentine. Oh, <laughs> I know. Uh, and it's just, they're just so like, they're on the same page, but they don't realize they're on the same page because they won't talk. And Oliver is like dropping all these hints and she's not getting it. And it's, it's, Go it's, home. it's very her. frustrating. <laughs> and he starts talking about all the, the great things of love, hence the ladies room, you know, it's. Uh, it's. It's a little frustrating. I'm like, come on, just say what you mean to me when you say it, when you say it, Oliver, come on. Get out he there. He will learn that. He will yes. learn that in a few movies. I know. He hasn't learned that yet. <laughs> he has not learned that. <laughs> he said that. He will learn that in a few movies. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because oh. that's what, that's how we tell time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He'll learn it in a few movies. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, so Shane gets the valentine and oliver is all expectant the next morning like thinking she got the valentine and shane's basically acting like nothing happened because nothing did for her sorry really quick did you guys notice that nobody was wearing red it was valentine's day and none of oh yeah none of the three Mm -hmm. of them were wearing red because they were all in mourning They all have their personal struggles with Valentine's. They all have their personal str- <laughs> Hazel had red shoes on. Mm-hmm. She had the uniform on, so she couldn't wear red, but she had red shoes on. But the three postables, <laughs> they were all, none of them were wearing red. And I just went, oh dear, they're not very um, festively inclined today. Oh, boy, no. <laughs> Poor things. Oh, dear. Oh. But let's talk about Norman and Oliver's conversation behind the box. <laughs> <laughs> did she say anything <laughs> that's demeaning <laughs> insulting <laughs> insulting <laughs> i was like norman oh, no that box is hysterical yes. i love their use of the box of just leaning on yeah. to the flap up and the leaning behind <laughs> you know that right <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's, oh, <laughs> it's something so else. Funny. so funny. <sighs> and then, of course, Shane throws the box in the trash because the party is, everyone had dates, so there's not even a party anymore, which just, like, fuels Shane's, like, irritation with the whole day. And that was some, Norman's saying that everybody had dates? Nor, uh, yeah, Norman told her, Norman told her because he was told from Eleanor and Passports, who we do Again later. had dates. No. I thought he made that up. For no. Her. no. Eleanor and Passport said the party was canceled because mm-hmm. everybody had dates. Oh, see, I thought, okay, I totally thought that he was just making that up so that Oliver and Shane, like, they would get the guts to talk to each other. Oh, like, oh no. Everybody had dates, Shane, so... <clears throat> I think Norman's that crafty. <laughs> He's not at that plotting. Not, at, at least not at this point in the relationship. Oh. <laughs> I was I was watching I was watching the um, uh, the movie with subtitles so mm-hmm. that I could catch anything that I was missing. And right there it says giggles mirthlessly <laughs> or mirthlessly. <laughs> yeah, that about covers it. <laughs> <laughs> There is no mirth in that in that laugh at all. Nope. Not at all. So yes, so now here we are. Oliver and Shane both want to be together on Valentine's Day, but no one is saying anything, so they do not end up together on Valentine's Day. But Oliver is like clearly still like expecting that she'll show up because as you know, Shane decides to run on by his house. Okay, Mandy, like <laughs> creep on him. <laughs> She wasn't being that creepy. So if you run, if you go by a guy's house at night and stare into his window, 
that's a little Mandy like. She was on a jog. jog. <laughs> a purposeful jog out of her way to discover where. And he's lighting candles and, and measuring wine and has music. Like he's totally expecting her to show up still. Like what's that I, about? I don't know. I don't know I don't if he was expecting her to show up. I think he was resigned mm-hmm. because he started reading a book. Yeah. And so I but think. Why would he set everything up of, then? That's I don't weird. know. I thought it was just for it's him. It's Oliver. It's Oliver. So I, I think that he was just kind of creating a little ambiance for himself to have a have a quiet, peaceful evening mm-hmm. full of sadness and loneliness and sorrow. Yeah. I wonder which Shakespeare story he read. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> King Lear. The course Hello. of true love never oh, did run Mostly smooth. tragedies, right? So, <laughs> Midsummer Night's Dream, but he was at the sad part of Midsummer <laughs> Night's Dream, <laughs> where no one was ending up together. <laughs> anyway, so the next morning, they're both confused and slightly miffed, and they, like, misrepresent their evenings. Like, they act like they both, like, had the things going on. Can we point out that Oliver totally uses Norman as an escape because he says, I need to attend to Norman. He seems a bit blue and she's wearing blue. (laughs) I can almost imagine her saying, I'm feeling blue, mister. (laughs) It's totally a representation of how she's feeling at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. And they just talking code the ent- the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. and they are so salty with each other and accusing, yeah. and all of these things. It's like, wow! Listen, yeah. sir, Mister <laughs> O'Toole, if you wanted a date with Shane, you should have just given her the Valentine's yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and- and Norman, okay, the, here's where we know that Norman is the slightest bit savvier than Oliver, even if it's from this movie, you know, because mm-hmm. Norman said he hadn't made a reservation yet. And by the middle of the movie, uh, Norman is telling Oliver, wait until the last minute's pretty special. I hope you like veal. <laughs> so he's even even through the course of the movie he is mm-hmm. now savvier than <laughs> he's now savvier than oliver what's interesting is it's norman who's the one who basically fixes it because mm-hmm. oliver kind of questions her about it at the hospital he's still yeah, like but, still like um, backhanding like i don't know yeah. he's not quite norman saying it. totally is the mm-hmm. one who fixes it yeah you know? right. Norman's like hey why didn't you go on the date with oliver and finally it all comes together because of norman my mind <laughs> I didn't get anything for Valentine's Day! (laughs) Uh, And so then they put the pieces together that it was in the box and the box is in the dumpster and oh my gosh, the little doll hands. (laughs) Wake up in the morning and you never know how your day's going to turn out. Uh, That that, that moment kills me. I love that gif. It's so precious. Oh, Jeff, we love you. Jeff, we love you so much. (laughs) It's great. I also love how Shane yells Norman. Norman! Yes! (laughs) Which becomes a habit. (laughs) She she does that quite frequently after this movie. (laughs) She she does it in several several of the following movies. She does that quite a bit, actually. Mm -hmm. Yes. But anyway, Shane gets the Valentine. She reads Oliver's endearing Valentine. And so Shane follows him, or not, well, doesn't follow him, but she goes to church because he's in the choir. He's mm-hmm. doing practice. And she sees Dale and Oliver talking. And she almost chickens out. Like she, well, she does chicken out. She tries to run away. <laughs> and Oliver sees her. And um, he introduces her to Dale. She's a soprano because that's apparently what Shane needs to know about <laughs> Dale is that Dale is a soprano. Awkward conversation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. Um, and, and Dale. Okay, can I just give can I just give bo- uh, bonus points to Dale because she was completely going back and forth, and she's the one that made it not awkward. 
Mm-hmm. She was doing the back and forth. She is the MVP of that conversation right mm-hmm. there because, oh, it's so nice to meet you. I don't think I've ever met anybody from Oliver's work. Uh, well, sorry, I got to go. I mean, she kept it mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. She yeah. kept it moving. There were no awkward pauses, and she was very kind, very mm-hmm. gracious, not the least bit judgmental or mm-hmm. anything like that. Totally open, totally welcoming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, MVP of that conversation, Dale. Dale yeah. Travers. Dale, Dale Travers. Here's your trophy. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so they we get a very brief glimpse of their, their dinner because – as Shane asks, am I too late? No, she's not too late. They get to have their dinner at Montaldo's and we see them have some good conversation, some dancing, and we learn the tidbit, the fun tidbit, that Dale is the police officer that Oliver was crushing on 15 years ago. Man, she ages well for 15 years. She looks so yeah, good. really dang well. <laughs> How young was she, Oliver? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, Dale. And Oliver, and this crush, and then Holly, and now Shane. I, 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 15 years? Okay, let's back it up. Back it up. Back it up. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay, we back it up. Holly has been, they, Holly and Oliver were a thing, like, let's say, ballpark three years ago, because they, mm-hmm. they met a year, or Shane and Oliver met a year prior. Maybe four. Maybe four two, at this point. Marriage, yeah. maybe four. Yeah, we'll say three to four years. So four, mm-hmm. 15. What happened in those nine years? Why did he not marry Dale? (laughs) I mean, I I know later we find out that they say the timing wasn't right. But like, and I'm not saying, okay, listen, Postables. No, no, no. We're not not saying this. (laughs) Dale with Oliver. I'm just a little confused as to how two people can be like, how they on each other for 15 years well uh and then like holly comes in and he just marries her like you know hey let's get married okay like (laughs) we know that he's human that's true that's a very good point (laughs) (laughs) oh and we can't forget they're at the table and they both apologize to each other and Mm -hmm. what does he say tells a shame I'm sorry too. Picks up the glass. Shame. Mop, mop, mop. It means more because it's Oliver. It does. It, it means a lot more with the context, Miss Mop. Getting a little sassy pants over there. Yeah. <laughs> you should have seen me in Impossible Dream. <laughs> On that note, let's segue into trivia. Hey, <laughs> do it. And y'all talked about two things I had on here. So now I only have five questions. So good thing I had extra. <laughs> now she only has five. <laughs> I, there was a lot in here. And I, I had to think of what I was going to use because Cammie has a habit of writing things down that I use for trivia. So I chose the things that hopefully Cammie did not write down. <laughs> I don't know. I basically wrote down the whole movie. <laughs> All right. Y'all ready for this? Question number one. What is the name of the neighborhood that Shane lives in? Cherry, Cherry Creek. Creek. Cherry Creek. That was, I, I, I think he edged you out, but it was close to a tie. Question two. How many stamps are affixed directly to the Valentine's Day panda? Oh my word. 18. I did not write this one down. Um... <laughs> I you finally got, stumped you. <laughs> you got me. Um, 15. Nope, you're both too high. It was 12. Not counting the two that were on the envelope also attached in there. Oh. Okay. Wow. That's a good one. <laughs> I should have seen that. That was a, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to pause I, it at just the right time because you at one point you only see a close-up and half the stamps are cut off. So I had to pause uh, it when Oliver moves it out of the seat and he uh, puts it on his desk. Okay. Okay. And I literally had to go up to my TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been something to see. <laughs> All right. Next question. What is the name of the barista who keeps extra yuhus for all Angie. of Angie! At the mailbox grill. Yes, Angie is correct. Angie the barista. Yes. Next question. What is the name of the clown 
that uh, from the, oh my the gosh, that runs. I was going oh. to write this down and I didn't. Oh, think of cloud names, pickles. No, I know it wasn't that. <laughs> was it? Was it Herbie? Um, Wiggles? No. <laughs> nope. It oh, was uh, Corky. Corky. Corky the clown. Yes. All right. I've stumped y'all on two of them now. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Last question. Who did Shane receive a homemade Valentine from in second grade? Oh, Joe Cook. Joe Cook. <laughs> yes, Joe Cook. Joe On Cook. the playground. And then he got a punch in the shoulder. Punch. Because that obviously goes with a Valentine. Of course. Of course it does. For a Especially second grade in a second boy. Grade. For a second grade boy, yes, <laughs> yes. it does. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys did pretty good. On that. Three out of five. Oh. all right well that is all we have from today postables we hope you enjoyed this very engaging and stimulating conversation that we brought to you about from the heart and we will see you next time bye, bye. thanks for listening to this week's episode of deliver me a podcast to stay up to date on all our episodes be sure to follow us on twitter at deliver me a pod and on instagram at deliver me a podcast we also have a merch store where you can buy tons of postable things for you and your friends. We'll see you next week.